Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Live from New York. The show that's wishing you a happy holiday and has set the record for the most papers. Oh, it's a busy day for me, buddy. (laughs) A lot lot going on over here. All right, today we start with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers who won yet again. Is Greg Jennings going to go back on the Packers? Not to play. Just to believe in. Meanwhile, Brady and the Bucks barely win in Arizona. Are we sure this team is dangerous in the playoffs? And finally, you know what? What? On the advice of my attorney, or maybe on Mac Jones's, we don't need the spot shadow. Oh, we yes, we do. Spot shadow. Yeah. Yes, Greg, we you do. Thought that was a dangerous play. Come on, we'll get into oh, it. Yeah. Exactly. In, in for uh, Chris Broussard, it's Super Bowl champion Greg Jennings. I'm Kevin Wilds. That's Nick Wright. Do you want to say something fresh about this? I don't know. I mean, listen, little did we know that, you know, that Dirty Mac was going oh, to. Well, yeah, oh, it's called Dirty Mac, man. Uh, We've heard it he many He should have tackled. He should have face masked Chandler Jones. But he can't accidentally fall down. <laughs> uh, we start in Dallas. Cowboys. Top Gardner Minshew and the Eagles 40-34. to Dak overcomes early pick six to go for almost 350 and three touchdowns. Defense did let Gardner cook a little bit. So, Nick, yeah. are you more or less confident in the Cowboys after the W? Way more. And I think Way they more. should be. I think their fans should be. I think their players should be. Uh, that if they were to get around three of this matchup, they could win. Jalen doesn't play defense, and the Cowboys scored 40. The Cowboys, this to me was the best win, the signature win of Dak Prescott's career. Dak has had some great numbers, some great seasons, but he hasn't had a ton of amazing moments. Like, when you think of prior to this, was it maybe the touchdown pass in overtime against your Patriots last year? When he tweaked his, I think he tweaked his calf actually on the play and had to miss some time because of that. That was a nice one. His one playoff victory, he was not great in that game. Mm -hmm. I thought his best game of his career actually is a loss. The playoff game against Green Bay, his rookie season. But that... There's another similarity there between yesterday's game and that rookie season. This is the best Cowboys team since that 2016 season. Dak's first year, Zeke's first year, when they were 13-3 and and just got beat by a red-hot Aaron Rodgers in that playoff game. And that third and 30, to me, was as good of a moment as this guy's ever had. And to start, they lost the, they almost lost the Texans game because Dak tried to throw it away. Yeah. They did lose the Jags game. Because Dak threw it away. To start this game by throwing a pick six to a D end and then rally, including the third and 30 to a guy you just signed off the street in T.Y. Hilton, that's a not only a great play, 
but a moment that can be galvanizing for the team. And so we know, Greg, that the defense can be excellent, even though it hasn't been recently. Mm -hmm. The offense just put 40 up on Philly. If you're the Cowboys, you've got to say, okay, we've got the only quarterback in the NFC playoff picture that's in the prime of his career and is supposed to be a Pro Bowl-level player. We're healthier than these other teams. We have just shown that we can score 40 against the number one seed. Why can't this be the team that breaks the quarter-century drought and makes a conference championship game? So, I listen, I believe way more in the Cowboys after yesterday's game, and I would have felt that way, to be honest, even if Philly had scored on the final drive and beat them 41-40 because putting 40 up on this Eagles team means something, and they did it. So I'm, I'm not as excited as you are about being more encouraged about the Cowboys, but I am. I am. I'm more impressed with the Cowboys, even with the way they won against a Jalen Hurts-less Eagles team. Yeah. And the reason why is this. You said it. For me, that defense can improve. But to see that offense take a step in scoring points and putting up yards and Dak overcoming a – potential dagger early in that game, that was huge. Because what we've seen over the course of their season has been the defense winning games for them. Well, the defense is, let, let's go down it. Defense, in the last three games, this is why it was more impressive for me. Yeah. Because in the last three games, the defense has given up 424 yards a game. That's 31st in the league. Yep. 293 of those are passing yards, which we look at their secondary and we're like, man, you got Trayvon Diggs, you got all these guys, they're going to get interceptions, they're going to do all this stuff. They haven't been able to do those things. Last in sacks, yeah, that's what... with that front four, Michael Parsons leading the way yeah. and others, last in sacks in the last three games. This is the team that is predicated – has predicated on <laughs> getting to the quarterback, which then yeah. protects your secondary. And then, but, but what makes this team resilient and what makes me confident about this team, you just heard all of that, that st those statistics, mm -hmm. but then they're third. When it comes to takeaways, they're still top. Yeah. Like, they're still leading they're still the league in takeaways. Yep. They're getting three takeaways versus the two yeah. that they were getting all season don't you long. I think that's a little bit of fool's gold. I, and, and, a team I, that, like, lives off of takeaways. I'm going to tell like, you why I, I don't think it's fool's gold. Because they've been leading the league in takeaways. Mm -hmm. They've been very good up front. They've been getting sacks. They've been getting pressures on the quarterback. That's what I believe is fool's gold. They're going to start back getting to the quarterback. Okay. They're not going to go three games and not have any sacks to show for. That's just not who they are. And offensively, if you can then put up points, which in the last three games offensively, no, no they've improved. Yeah. Fifth in yards per game, second in points per game. Like, that's, that's a vast improvement for the Dallas Cowboys, so skeptical. they have a lot to do. Well, I'll show, I'll show you the sacks numbers that yep. Josh, Josh drew up the sacks number. They were, the problem is they were first in sacks. Mm -hmm. And so they were first, and then they're, all of a sudden they've only got one. And that was against the Texans. That was against the Prince who was promised, who cooked them. And then yesterday against, against Gardner. So for me... I felt, Nick, that we always looked into the crystal ball of the future. We said, all right, we know what's going to doom the Cowboys. It's going to be a Dak getting careless with the ball. 
It's going to be a Mike McCarthy clock management issue. Right. And McCarthy at the end of the game yesterday wasn't great. But, so, but now I think it's going to be this defense can't get to the quarterback and someone doesn't give up the ball. They just hold the running backs, hold on to the ball. The quarterback doesn't throw it to the other team. And all of a sudden, like, uh oh, we're lo- we lost in this shootout. Well, but, so, but the problem with that to me is. The losing in a shootout is who who's shooting against you, I mean, and this is why Brady, the cow- but, this is to yeah. me why this does circle back to Dak Prescott mm-hmm. because he's of go through the NFC potential playoff teams: Philly, Jalen, Young, inexperienced, played in one career playoff game; Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, not young but only one playoff victory, and not a guy that typically terrifies people; Brock Purdy, seventh round rookie, obviously no playoff experience; Brady, all the playoff experience in the world, but everyone thinks. That team is terrible, and by the way, it's looked terrible, even if Brady still scares you. Sure. Daniel Jones never been to a playoff game. Taylor Heineke, one playoff game experience ever, or Carson Wentz, I suppose, who's just gotten hurt in all this playoff experience. Is Seattle, Geno, no playoff experience? Th- those are your potential playoff teams. I guess you can include Green Bay as a possible, but Green Bay and Dallas couldn't play each other until the conference championship game because they're both wild cards. This is going to overlook Detroit. So, oh, sorry, you're right. I forgot about Detroit. My bad. Jared Goff does have some playoff experience, even though his most recent experience was not good, you know, coming in for Walford, if you remember that post-Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're the Cowboys, you're like, hey, who has a $40 million quarterback? Us. How old is he? 29. Peak of his powers. Prime. Whose Mm -hmm. team, while we see the Eagles just lost Lane Johnson, lost Levante Maddox, which team is getting healthier? Us. Which team showed you, for the first two months of the season... We can be a top three defense, and it's showing you for the last six weeks, we can be a top three offense, us. If we combine those things in the weaker NFC, now, are they my pick? They're not my pick. But if they were to play in Philadelphia round two, which it's very, if there aren't upsets in the bracket, that's what you would get. Don't you think Dallas goes in there and mean like, okay, you beat us when Dak wasn't there. We beat you when Jalen wasn't there. But we showed you that we can hang 40 on you without playing a perfect game. Dak did get sacked six times. Dak did throw a pick six. They still hung 40 on him. And Philly potentially rusty dealing with these injuries. I'd be real nervous if I were the Eagles. Real quick, uh, Greg, on the pick six. If the pick six comes late in the game, it's the story of the game. It came early in the game, so we're like, man, no big deal. It was early in the game. Are you worried about Dak throwing pick sixes? Well, I've been worried about Dak. Sure. In, in any game, since, he, since he's come back from injury, mm-hmm. when he throws 25-plus times, he's thrown an interception. Well, that's yeah, that's been that a problem. It's been problematic. Why is it problematic? Because you're putting a defense back on the field. We saw Micah Parsons at the end of that game. Literally, yeah, time out. Time out because yeah. he was tired. Because he was wind- He's tired. Like, you put defenses that – aren't getting pressure but doing everything that they possibly can to get after the quarterback, expending all that energy, you give them another series on top of that in the postseason, it's going to come back to bite you. But Dak has to be better. the fact that he responded, though, with 14 straight Absolutely. completions is, is to me, because that was, I don't want to call that a fluky play, but it's not like he was thrown into coverage. It's a detail. Josh Sweat made an unbelievable play. But the fact that it didn't rattle Dak's confidence yes. after they, how did the pre, the, the Jags game ended with back. a pick six. This game basically started with a pick six, and then he rallied. That, to me, is potentially a galvanizing moment for him. Okay. Uh, Gardner, filling in for Jalen, mm-hmm. had an up-and-down game, completed 26 passes, 24 to the Eagles, two to the Cowboys. Uh, three total touchdowns. Also gave the Cowboys a present by fumbling the ball. So the game was close, and Gardner did move the ball at times for both teams. Nick, does this help or hurt Jalen's MVP case? 
A uh, quick note to the viewers. Yeah. This is a Patrick Mahomes conversation. Go ahead. Of course it is. Because the NFL MVP in 2022 is a Patrick Mahomes conversation. He's been the only constant. He started the year off with five touchdowns and a 140 passer rating. He's had one, like, kind of bad game, and it was against the Broncos when they were up 27 nothing. And he got careless with the football and threw a hat trick of interceptions. All meaningless, by the way. He leads the league in touchdowns. He leads the league in yards. He leads the league in QBR. And he's second in passer rating. The guy who's ahead of him is Tua. Is this who really going to be a Patrick Mahomes really, Well, he said well, it was going to be. I mean, why he why said it was going to be. Why would you do that? Well, I mean, he did it. I, oh, no, you want me to talk about yeah. Gardner? No Please. problem. Okay, here's the thing. Greg. Jalen Hurts is a good player having a great year with the perfect supporting cast. And we saw that yesterday when Gardner Minshew, who's a backup quarterback, came in and moved the team about as well as Jalen does. Now, I mean, Jalen's been exceptional about not turning the yeah, ball over. and that's what cost them the game. And Gardner turned the ball over. But if you watched that game and said, well, clearly Jalen is the key to that offense. No, you didn't. You watch it and you're like, Gardner Minshew, move the ball. And by the way, I know he had three turnovers. The second pick was a great play by the Cowboys defender. And the fumble, I don't know if that's more on Gardner or the running back. That's bad luck. That wasn't like a strip sack thing. I, To me, that was the, the Eagles scoring 27 offensive points, take out the pick six, and moving the ball the way they did. A, and Gardner not getting sacked and the offensive line holding up, to me was evidence that the Eagles have not had the league MVP this year. This did not hurt Jalen Hurts' MVP so, chances. Like I, The only thing that can hurt Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts not being available now and not playing. That is it. Gardner Minshew, he played well. Congratulations. You played well. It did not come out into a win. But this is Jalen Hurts' team. And it's not just about the stats that he's putting up. It's not just about the numbers. Everything about who Jalen Hurts is, they have bought into. In the huddle, how you lead, how you command, how you stay poised, how you respond, how you show resilience. It is his leadership that has taken this team by storm, that has allowed this team to play with confidence, that is then added to his level of play because he plays with confidence. When you look at this team, even yesterday, mm. when we saw them play, or two days ago, when we saw them play, like, you didn't, you didn't have the threat of, oh, shoot, Jalen Hurts is going to take off. That is a huge threat. That's just like Patrick Mahomes no longer being able to escape the pocket. Like, you, you lose an element of, of, sure. of the game that's critically sure. important. That's, that was not a concern when you're looking at Gardner Minshew. A team, no, they of got course. 87 They're not as good the with Gardner Minshew. I'm not arguing that. But my, my argument is they still had over 400 yards of offense, yeah. scored 27 offensive points, 34 overall. It did not look to me like the, they were missing the league MVP. Greg, if you had a vote, who are you voting for? Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, See, that was- I'm Who are you saying, voting for? I mean, I'm going to be. <laughs> Who are you Maybe? voting for? Yeah. Justin Jefferson. I've okay. changed oh, my hey. vote. Well, you know what? I knew it. Oh. Yeah. Well, it's not just a quarterback. That's kind of like it? a Kurt share. Yeah, there we go. Let's go. There's someone on the dark Viking. horse. Hey, coming up next, we remember your Kurt Cousins MVP pick. I know we dark tried horse. to bury it. Dark we tried horse. to bury it. Uh, is Greg hopping back on the Packers bandwagon? We discuss next. First things first.
This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. If you ask me, nothing goes quite together like football and food, especially in the fall. College football on Saturday, the pros on Sunday, and the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card provides the perfect way to earn rewards. Whether watching your team with other super fans at a local eatery or in the comfort of your own living room. Earn four times points when you dine out or have food delivered. Maybe order a pizza and watch the big game on that big TV of yours. Plus, earn two times points at grocery stores, which is great if you're tailgating at the stadium with hot dogs and hamburgers. Even getting to the game can be rewarding as you'll earn two times points at gas stations and EV charging stations. Go to usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about how you can earn 20,000 bonus points worth $200 if you spend $1,000 in the first 90 days of opening your account. Score big with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to apply. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association. Pursuant to a license from Visa USA Incorporated, some restrictions may apply. Welcome back to the show. Greg's Packers. Went down to Miami, got another W. Rodgers, new normal, good game. 238 and one touchdown. <laughs> but that's why I kind of like what and he one does One touchdown, now. one pick. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. fine. Uh, all of a sudden, Ayahuasca isn't the only thing brewing. Last playoff spot, starting to bubble. Here's Rodgers. Take a listen. I don't think we've struggled with confidence, but definitely haven't had a lot of believers outside the locker room, I don't think, so maybe this will give us a couple on the bandwagon. A lot has happened in our favor. All the games that need to go a certain way went a certain way. Now there's obviously much, uh, much left. But again, we're going to be. We played meaningful games in December. We won all three of those. Now we're playing meaningful games in January. And we got to win those. I like it. Here's the path for the Packers. They need to win out. Now the Commanders need to lose to the Browns or the Cowboys. The other option is this: Packers win out, and the Giants lose to Jeff Saturday and the Eagles. Greg, earlier. In your tenure, you wrote off the Packers. I did. And I was like, oh, oh, man, if Greg Jennings is writing off the Packers, they're done. But all of a sudden, feeling frisky, are you ready to write them back on? Since you're in Broussard's seat, you are allowed. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. However, I'm not Broussard. Okay. And I'm sticking with my my feet in concrete and the Packers, I'm not on the bandwagon. Man, I, I, you, know Wilds, you know what they've always called Greg? Mr. Consistency. <laughs> junior. Yeah, Mr. Oh, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Exactly Mr. right. Junior. Yeah, exactly junior. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Junior. I'm I'll a little older it. than you. Yeah, it. yeah, it's I'll fine. Just it. a few months. Go ahead. But yeah. no, for me, it's it's and the reason why I'm not on this bandwagon is because when you look at their wins, I, it would be different if they just flat out looked like Look oh, great. the Packers are back. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is throwing lights out, no yeah. interceptions. This offense is rolling, defense is clicking. That's not the case. Like they they are playing decent football, but they're not playing the Packers of what we saw or what we are accustomed to type football. It's teams saying, "Here you go. Try to That's win." Exactly right. Like take a win if you want one. Okay. And and they have fallen into the hand, lap of wins. So for me, like congratulations. I still don't believe in this team. Mm. And a lot of people are going to say, "Well, Greg, why wouldn't you believe in the Packers? They got Aaron Rodgers in two games left against division opponents, two opponents that they lost to." Yeah. Client weather no, was different. different Obviously, it was yeah, indoors. But it's still two teams that I believe that are better than the Packers that can put up 
points that the Packers can't match well, if that defense doesn't hold. And the Packers, like, we make it seem like they are just – just back, like scoring 30 points a game. It's exactly that's not right. who they are. So the, so Greg nailed it on a lot of fronts. First, can I, I want to say something about America's inability to do basic mathematics. Okay, uh, here we go. Just for a second. Yeah, this is, uh, get ratings bonanza. Uh, get ready, Nielsen. Math lesson from Nick Wright. Okay, I'll be quick. Just because you now have a 30% chance at something that was 5% does not mean the 30% chance is likely to happen. It's well, still, still pretty good. less than one in three shot of getting it. The only reason we feel like the Packers are alive is because they are not 100% dead the way it felt like they were three weeks ago. But they are still drastic underdogs to even make it to the playoffs. 70-30 against them making it to the playoffs. Why is that the case? Well, aside from the standings math, it's because of what Greg said. This three-game winning streak, they've beaten the Bears – who right now would have the second pick of the draft, the Rams, who right now I think would have the fifth or sixth pick of the draft, and the Dolphins, which is a good win, except for the fact the Dolphins haven't won in a month and they gave yeah. the game away. Everyone is convinced. Everyone is trying to convince themselves that the Packers, oh, but they're dangerous if they get in because they have Aaron Rodgers. They have a quarterback named Aaron Rodgers, but they don't have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers since September has one game with a passer rating of above 100. One game. Aaron Rodgers, since last year, has zero games with more than 260 yards passing. And even in this game, that fourth and two shot that they had open for the touchdown, yeah. that he sailed by seven yards, that all of a sudden makes you feel like this team's dangerous, that this team is going to go beat Minnesota yeah. and Detroit. Not to me. Minnesota, and so, well, Minnesota, I, they won't collapse. Sorry, Greg. Well, no, Minnesota might Best collapse Minnesota. at some point, but they, they are 12-3, and three, exactly. and they did beat okay. up the Packers the, to start the, the season. The Cowboys embarrassed them. It was a big game. And they, yeah, the Cowboys oh, are a good team. The folded. Packers are not. Jeff Saturday's team you know, fell apart, but they would have lost that game, too. I, you know what? I'm counting that as a loss. Okay. You lost to the Colts. Well, Do you think they're right. making the playoffs? So I'm rooting for them, okay. and I'm, I'm a little bit, to be honest with you, rooting against you and your mathematics. Okay. <laughs> because you wanted to start Jordan Love. I still and you, think they and made you said, a mistake. Oh, Aaron Rodgers. I you didn't say it, but you insinuated that he was being selfish because he was trying to rally his teammates. No, I and said what he's predicted has happened doing, has happened. Right. And what I predicted was that they would not be mathematically eliminated for quite some time, so they're going to continue this fool's errand instead of getting actual information on Jordan Love. And when they lose to the Vikings and their season's over and they play Jordan Love for one measly game and then have to pick up a fifth-year option, we're like, oh, Nick Wright, in addition to having an Interesting new hairstyle makes a lot of good <laughs> points. That's what they're going to say, America. That's what I'm telling you right now. That, they yeah. might say that, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Tua. Uh-oh. What's going on here? Three interceptions in the fourth quarter. Dolphins lose their fourth in a row. Here's Mike McDaniel. There was critical errors, turnovers. I mean, you, the, the percentages of winning games. Um, where you're, uh, what were we, um, minus three. Uh, you turn the ball over four times. Um, yeah, you're, you're not going to win the football games. <laughs> okay, not great. Uh, do the Dolphins have a Tua problem? Yeah, of course. 
Of course they do. And I understand Tuanon's going to come after me, oh. and I get it that something weird happened this year where otherwise smart football people were like, why is why is Justin Herbert considered better than Tua? And it's like, I don't know, because the games are on TV? Like, that would be my first guess <laughs> is because we can watch them. Uh, oh, who says the Dolphins don't have their franchise quarterback? I don't know. The two regimes there that have tried to move on from the guy, tried to get to Sean Watson, tried, tampered for Tom Brady, did everything they could to have this guy not ruin their season. We all like Tua. Nice guy. Nice kid. Good story. Unfortunately... As soon as it stops being a paint-by-numbers offense, there is a, it, it, it breaks down. And this was a disaster. This was I actually thought the Dolphins played well against the Bills. Mm-hmm. I thought they ran the yeah. ball well. I thought Tua made some good plays in the cold. But that now looks like the outlier because he was awful against the Niners, awful against the Chargers JV team, and then yesterday he lost them the game. And so, I, listen, I know that myself and Colin Coward are owed apologies. Oh, by owed apologies. We're owed apologies okay. b- because people demanded we apologize. They're like, oh, when are you going to apologize to Tua? It's like, never. Not going to when he proves us wrong. So who has to apologize to you? The, pe- the apologists? Wrong media. Okay. Wrong, wrong media. media. That's media who has apologies. to apologize. Um, all right, Greg, I'm going to play you uh, some LaFleur sound to figure out if Tua's just been figured out along with this Dolphins offense. Take a listen. It seemed like we were getting a little bit more pressure up front on Tua, making a move uh, out of the pocket. And um, we knew he's a guy that, that's going, going to anticipate, and he's going to let the ball go. And, but if you, if you can read the quarterback the right way, that also gives you some opportunities defensively, and that's, our guys did a great job of that. Oh, A.K.A., we kind of knew where he was throwing the ball. So Tua was a sort of MVP conversation <laughs> in it or adjacent. But now Matt LaFleur is basically saying, like, yeah, we know where it's going. So what's going on with Tua? Yeah, it's interesting because when you watch that game to start, Tua got into a rhythm. Mm -hmm. Guys were making plays. Electric. Offense looked great. And then he started throwing interceptions. And the first one, I'll give it to him. Overthrow. It happens. But the second one, like, when you look at what's going on, five guys on a defensive front, five guys up front, you're covered. You're good. You're not hot. If a six guy come, that makes you hot. That means you got to get rid of the ball right now. Well, even in the route concept, you have your running back in the flat, even if you are hot. So I, his eyes, I don't even know why he's even looking to that side of the field. You have Tyreek Hill on your left side, built in, like all these decisions, right? This particular interception makes Tua look like he predetermines everything. And why? Because your eyes are lying to you. What are you even looking at? You're not pressured. There's no reason to get rid of the ball. Last thing I'll say about it is that you're running back in the slot. Your running back is not going to look hot and make hot adjustments. You have things built in. On the second interception, for me, this is what uh, Matt LaFleur is talking about when he says, we got to read the quarterback. Well, Rasul Douglas, veteran, savvy guy, he read the quarterback. They're in quarter halves. On this side, they're playing halves. Tyreek Hill, it's a smash route. That means, and they're covered too. So Rasul Rasul Douglas, he's the only defender that's pressed up. So what what this tells Tua right now is, oh, I can throw it to my corner that's going to be behind Rasul Douglas. Well, Rasul Douglas is a cat and mouse game right now. He, he's, he knows that he's being read. He's reading the quarterback. He's going to stay attached to Tyreek Hill as long as he can and then fall off. And, and Tua already predetermined who he was going right, to throw the ball is- to. 
And it's you can't do those types of things. And I'll say this lastly. Yeah. The reason why I'm off on Tua, and I was on for a long time. Yeah. I'm done with because you can't put him in the game and say, hey, Tua, get it done for us. Exactly. That's the, the and listen, so why I'll just try to be quick here. Though when it's working, it, and it's and they showed it earlier in the game. They're like, he threw this ball before the receiver Timing came out and of everything. his break. Yes. But that's the and he is accurate enough that when it's working and everyone's where they need to be, he's going to cut you up with those receivers. Yep. But as soon as something's a little off, he does not have the arm talent or he has not shown the ability to adjust to make up for it, to improvise. It's the difference between reading from a script all day long or being an improv comic. It's a, some people are great at one thing and can never do the other. And, and Tua has not shown the ability that it's like, okay, what we, we can't scheme it up for you. You've got to go make it happen. And he's like, no, I'm just going to skip to stick to the script. Exactly. And that's how you throw back-to-back-to-back interceptions. Okay. Dolphins going to the uh, Foxborough. Oh, still alive. Also, I don't know if you caught that Jones gonna because be uh, Nick did the herd with no scripts, and I have a script in front of me. He's like, oh, I, you know what's That's so the big difference. I was oh, when you're out, out there doing radio with no notes. That's just you what I yeah, He's script. ripped. I exactly. saw it. One I, takes I see the field, too. The other's just a pretty face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So, to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. NetSuite.com slash FTF. Bucks played a very Bucks game. Totally underwhelming for three quarters. Look alive in the fourth. Win the game late. Brady threw two interceptions but did get the W. Still in first place. So, Nick, yeah. should anyone be worried about the playoff Bucks? Spoiler alert, the answer is no. Okay, yes. Yes. The, here's the deal. The Cowboys are going to be the five seed. Okay. If they're not the five seed, the Eagles are the five seed. The second place NFC East is guaranteed to be the five seed. I'd explain it to you, but Wilds doesn't like math and information on the show. So just take my word for it, okay? Either of those teams, Eagles or Cowboys, should blow out the Bucks. I think we all agree. Of course. But if they play, if they don't blow them out, they will lose to them. If it is a close game 
and most playoff games are, and it's particularly hard to blow anyone out on the road in the playoffs. If it is an eight-point game or closer in the fourth quarter, then the Brady magic, which doesn't even just apply to his offense, it applies to the other team fumbling or running out of bounds or just forgetting how the clock works. All of it that has happened for the last 20 years of my life is in play. Like, Like, Greg, I'll ask you this real quick. If the Cowboys are the five seed, do you think they'd rather be going to Tampa or would they rather go to Minnesota, who might finish 14-3? and three? Minnesota, 100%. Yeah, and so, the, and so I, don't, nice. I don't think the Bucs are dangerous as far as they can win the Super Bowl. No. I do think the Bucs are, if you run Rashad White more, Brady takes a few more hits when they stand in the pocket, and as they get Vita Vea back and an offensive lineman back, I do think they're a scary playoff team. I'm not going to step on the rake of counting them out again. I'm not going to do it. No. Thank Greg. you, Greg. Why are we worried about the Bucks? Thank I'm you. Sorry. I, look, Nick, for all the reasons you just mentioned, they can't score. Their defense looks pitiful. They, they just they bore you, and then they say, oh, guys, we got a chance still. Let's play. You just said it. The entire game that they play is very underwhelming. And then they somehow find a way to give Brady opportunity to have the ball last and to win the game. Yes, if all of that has to play out, yeah, mm-hmm. he can win. But this team is not scary. They don't – nothing about who they are. They don't run the ball well. Brady turns the ball over more than what he's ever had. Like, offensively, he and his best receiver cannot get on the same page. It looks like they, sometimes we, they haven't played together. It, 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 like, is, it is the Mike oddest thing to here. me. The report that they had the last few years and then this season, even at the beginning of the season it was better. But now it's like there's – Every single game that we see, there's this miscommunication between Mike Evans and Tom Brady. You can't have that moving into the postseason, which I don't even think they're going to get in because Carolina's going to end. Ooh, I like that. Hey, let me show you a graphic, Nick. This is uh, all Brady all the time. I've told you, I'm like, hey, why don't you run the ball? I know I sound a little bit more like uh, Coach Mangini. 54, 55, 44, 48. Just not running. And your response is usually – they don't run because they can't run. Like, yeah. And my response is, I don't care, run the ball more. Yeah. Right, would you like to come over to my side and just run the ball regardless? Well, no, what I would like them to do, again, I don't even, I would, I'd love for the Bucks to miss the playoffs. I'd love for it to be done, not have to worry about the specter of Tom Brady hanging over this postseason. But the Bucs aren't going to lose again until the playoffs. The Bucs are going to beat Carolina, they're going to beat Atlanta, oh and they're going to come into the playoffs hot somehow. Just, I, hot. This was an eight-point spread. We said, is there, is there any, can you guarantee? And, and I guarantee to win and I said oh you should my. tease them, and I think they won. And the Not in regulation. Hit. Okay, well, again, what is – you have this weird thing where if you don't win in regulation. You know, a win is a win, my friend. There are no – it's not hockey where we count against count, you if you no, win in a I shootout or something. Clearly not a win is a win. What I do think – With Wild. What, no. what I – Oh, well, that's <laughs> – I mean, tied with the Arizona. You come back down for 33 like, oh, and you, Tracy, loo- you win the game. Trace with Sorley and Brady going into overtime. The, I'm I, the only one that has high standards for what Brady. What I do think is they should run – Rashad White more than Leonard Fournette. They I do. don't understand why, what the obsession with Leonard Fournette is. That I don't understand. Okay. Uh, 49ers, Commanders. Brock Purdy, still pretty good. Just 22 passes, but two of them were touchdowns. 49ers team, still excellent. 11-4. and four. Nick? Yeah. 
Without ripping Jimmy G, because Brew's not here today, okay. are you buying Purdy can lead the 49ers uh, no. all the way to the Super Bowl? I, again, I wouldn't use the word lead, but of course. And the Niners are the best team in the NFC. They should make the Super Bowl. This from NFL Research. This is from the NFL's official research department Twitter account. Okay, here we go. I meant to put this on the show, and I forgot to tell Hubs to do it. My bad, Hubs. I'll just read it to you. According to Next Gen Stats, Brock Purdy is the fourth player with a passing touchdown of 30-plus air yards for the Niners since 2020. The other three, <laughs> Trey Lance, C.J. Beathard, and Christian McCaffrey. So, so you had four guys for the Niners throw bomb touchdowns in the last three seasons. Jimmy Grubble is not one of them. A third-string quarterback, a rookie, a running back, and a kid who's played four games ever, and Trey Lance are the ones to do it. Jimmy can't. My point is this. Not only is he good enough, he opens up another level of their offense that Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't open, the deep quarters of the field. So, yeah, the Niners are terrifying. They're a terrifying team in the favorites in the NFC. They are terrifying. However, Brock Purdy has not had to shoulder anything that resembles playing from behind or we got to throw the ball to win. No, yeah. that's true. If he gets in that situation before the yeah. playoffs and he shows that he can do that, then I'm sold. But no Debo. No championship for this team. Oh, I like that. Okay. That's, a, that's, that's a great take. Yeah, put that on a t-shirt. I don't think it'll sell very well. I feel like that's kind of a negative t-shirt, but still, right. Uh, what in the world is that tease? Very well, Mac Jones is a dirty next. player. The only evidence we have is every chance he gets to be dirty. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Greg, you're here for a very special segment on America's team. We'll head up to Foxborough, where America's team stumbled through a terrible first half and then fumbled away the game. And Mac Jones tumbled, perhaps accidentally. We don't know anyone's intent on that, Greg. You can't read his mind. Uh, Eli Apple said this postgame, he tripped me. I thought it was a dirty play, but I wasn't 100% sure I added that. Uh, he's done that before. I've seen it. Okay, yeah. Nick. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's fair to call or insinuate or even present the specter that Mac Jones, America's sweetheart, is a dirty player? No, I don't think it's fair to call him a dirty so player. I think it's unfair to every other player in the league to not call him the league's dirtiest player. Well, that's actually he's he's his usage rate on chances to be dirty. And times he is dirty. That's a good point. Is historic. Yeah. He plays quarterback. You don't have many chances oh. to be dirty. But he yet he invents them. So that's the Eli Apple play, which is, inc- I don't want to overstate it, but it is incredibly reckless and could have blown out his knee. And it doesn't even help the team at all. The, the Bengals have the ball. Like, it makes no sense. But it's... It's a, in a long line. We can Brian Burns. Yeah. He gator rolled him, and his excuse was, "I thought he had the ball," yeah. even though he is obviously does not. 
He does that. Well. He found a dirty way to slide. Oh. If you remember the Bears game, twice. Everybody where he, does this. No. Everyone no. slides with their feet up. No. Brady might have occasionally done it. But he got fla- flagged, for, fined for this, for doing it. Yeah. He's the only quarterback in the league that repeatedly does these things. And also, by the way, Greg, CBS doesn't believe in showing replays, evidently. But after the Ramondre fumble, something happens there where all the referees were aghast. <laughs> we I don't didn't know what get it was. a replay. But we know it was called unsportsmanlike on 10. It's like a parade. (laughs) All of the refs were like, oh, dear God. Yeah. And that was after he did the thing. So, like, yeah, Wilds. He is the dirty. He is, as far as opportunities to be dirty and times he is dirty, Mm -hmm. he's got to be the dirtiest player in the league. He also whines and yells at people. I don't know how you root for this guy. Well, I love him. That's why I root for him. Uh, Greg, I will throw it to you in one second. About the Eli Apple play, I've talked to Mac Jones. And on behalf of Mac Jones, we're not going to let this one go to trial. We're going to try to settle this one. (laughs) We're going to try to settle this one behind closed doors. We're going to try to plea down to a trip and an accidental stumble. But it is worth noting that this comes a week after he tried his hardest to stop 6'5", 260 Chandler Jones, and all he had to do was listen to criticism that he should have tripped. Eli Apple he, doesn't have the ball. Thank, thank you. Thank you, you, Nick. Dope. Well, pick thank one. You, Nick. Either want him to be dirty and try his no. hardest, or you want him to give up. No, that is... media needs to pick one. No. Just pick one. No. This, uh, last week, tackle. Last week is completely different. You do everything you possibly can to get that guy down. Including or, diving at his feet? No, 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 no. This is completely different. This is Eli Apple has nothing to do with this play. Oh, he's matter, something. He's running around. Fact, I had nothing to do with it. I was at home. And Mac Jones tried to take your knees out. Yeah. That is exactly what he did. He is dirty. Wow. He is flat out dirty. And and guys like this that played the quarterback position, this is the issue that he's gonna have. His head better start being on a swivel. Uh-oh. From now on. He Greg. throws an interception. His head's going to need to be on a swivel because guys are going to come at him so, because he's coming at guys like that. Greg, Stink, I, when I was filling in for the herd, Stink said the same thing. But here's where I think Mac doesn't have to worry about that. The opposing teams don't want Bailey's happy in the game. So they clever. know the worst thing that can happen to him is All Mac right. Jones have to leave the can game. Can I ask a real that, question? That, that okay, is you, a real, you got it. Point. Yeah. Give him a good job. <laughs> All right, can I, I know you're saying like guys have to, uh, or he should be on the lookout. Do we play the Dolphins this weekend? By we, I mean me and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do the Dolphins actually care? Yes. Like, oh, you did that to Eli Apple? Yeah, the whole league cares. Yes. But if, if he plays clean against the Dolphins, the Dolphins then no, have to initiate it? No, what, what, you under, what you have to understand is once you have, have developed a reputation of being like this, when you throw a turnover or you commit a turnover or you're at the bottom of a pile and you're grabbing ankles and you're doing whatever you need and you're playing quarterback – the most protected individual on the field, yeah. and you do, and you choose to do that. Yeah, it's a problem. I've never like seen the guys a dirty are going to come at him. Period. I've never seen. Well, it. You know what? The Dolphins seem to be worried about the football game, and not what Mac Jones is about to do. Oh, okay. it's a second-level chess there. Okay, yeah, yeah we'll see. Hey, playing for your uh, playoffs. You need to tell In your Fox guy. Bro. You need yeah. to tell your guy to call me. I don't actually have a relationship. With it. <laughs> uh, hey, Rams, <laughs> blow out the Broncos. Russ threw three interceptions, and this was the final straw. In the end, 
After weeks of ineptitude and confusion, the Broncos brass arrived at the same conclusion that we did. Hackett just couldn't do the coaching. Uh, Nick, were you surprised that Nathaniel Hackett's gone? No, I listen, I said that I would have considered firing him after week one. I should have. If you remember. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, you just know you can't do it. It's just, it was the moment. Of, and then week two, he had just as bad of a clock management fiasco. And so then he farmed that job out. So, it, so he didn't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, he, uh, listen, they hired him because Aaron Rodgers liked playing bags with him or something and throwing darts with him. And they thought they were going to get Rodgers. I mean, that's what they, that's what Collinsworth told us was that they love that he made Aaron Rodgers darts. laugh and they played darts together. And so they made him the head coach and shockingly it didn't work. Yeah. Unfortunately, this solves nothing. And Greg, I, at least Hackett wanted the job. He wasn't good at it, but at least he wanted it. My question is, who's going to want this job? Because Russ... I was, I think, the most skeptical of any media member about Russ and the Broncos. True. And I vastly overestimated how <laughs> he would play. Did. I thought they'd go 8-9 and nine and he'd be about the 15th best quarterback in football. Instead, what are they, 4-11? and 11? Yeah. And he's the worst player at his position in the league yeah. thus far this year. So I don't know what you do from here. I think it's a total mess, and I don't think firing Hackett fixes it, Greg. Yeah, I'm with you there. It doesn't fix it, and if... This is just me. I, I got to oh, share oh. this little yeah. vent moment. Russell Wilson needs to get up to a podium and apologize to Nathaniel Hackett. Ooh. Because although Nathaniel Hackett brought a lot of this on himself, Russell Wilson, oh, my God, you literally got somebody fired. Like, a guy who we were considering, and I, I can't, with this type of a season, and I'm making this more about Russ okay. than Nathaniel yeah, Hackett. that's fine. There's no way I can say this is a Hall of Fame player. Like, I think to, he might have played himself out of it. To, to play like this, like you talk about retra- retracting from your legacy, pulling blocks from underneath. He, Russell Wilson is doing that this entire season. It has been disgu- teammates yelling at, disrespecting you, and you're supposed to be the leader of this team. You were supposed to come in here and be the reason why we finally right. made the playoffs and had an opportunity Seems to like compete. like we were doing high knees on the no, team play Ru- just Russ- the other Russell day. Was- <laughs> Russell Wilson owes a lot of people in that organization and that locker room none more than Nathaniel Hackett and the apology. Right. Oh, can I show you the, a video that was making its way around the Internet and get your reaction to it, Greg? It's Russ. First of all, the offensive linemen and, and Rippin were pushing yeah. at each other. Believe it or not, the offensive line won. Then, so this happened. So this is a kind of just an odd team moment. And then the other play is when, or it's the other video, is Russ talking to his guys, but he's hiding. I don't know if we're supposed to be stealing. Like, what's your reaction to this? Because it feels like Jeff Schwartz tweeted he's doing a lot of stuff for the camera. Greg, your reaction. Look, I... <sighs> Russ has lost all the confidence in the world. When it comes to this stuff, like guys having feuds and it's revolving around what we believe to be Russell Wilson, yeah. it's, again, he's the problem. Like you, you can't off him because of his contract situation, but you do the next best thing is you get a, a, co- a coach in there that possibly can write the ship. I don't think you can write the ship because... You know who they should consider hiring? Maybe Pete Carroll. Someone who would well, take the, the ball thing. out of Russ's hands. No, he's, Russ Look, is going to consult yeah. with the coach, and the coach that's good for him, he's not going to want. Exactly right. <sighs> the whole thing's a mess. Yeah. yeah. Is, another one out there? What Russell. about Baker to Denver? 
Oh, but, but why didn't we talk about Baker? I just do that. Why now. are they playing the music? Well, how I'll about Baker? Look, we'll do it in the break. Okay, that's good. Uh, Cowboys. I like that. Baker, not Baker. Two touchdowns. Take I do like Baker that. Backup. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Cowboys over Eagles, Christmas afternoon. Dak overcame an early pick six. <laughs> it was also on Saturday. Like Christmas. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> You're all frazzled. I need some Alka Seltzer Plus. <laughs> overcame an early pick six. Throw, throw for uh, 347, three touchdowns. Here's some sound. Take a listen. <laughs> Let's start with the interception. <laughs> he made a great catch, and I don't know if he's had an, an easier interception in return than that one, uh, but. As, as I said, I was, I was chasing him down. I'm like, is this happening again? Oh, well, boom, you score. Let me get back on the field, and let's just get, get this thing back rolling. Uh, yeah, no, no uh, ifs, ands, or buts about that. We said this last Pretty week, good. that he's so good. Yeah. It's like real leadership. Yeah. No, he's good, but listen, he, he, he has been the definition of a franchise quarterback in everything you ask for, except for the play's been spotty. And I know that sounds like a shot. I don't mean it to be. I mean, like, off the field, he's been great. Behind the mic, he's great. He rep- you know, he, He's a good pitch man. He does all these things. And then it's, but it's, can you trust him in a huge spot? And I don't know that you can fully trust him in a huge spot. I do know that I think yesterday was the best game of, the best win of his career. Not the best he's ever played. But, and that is, you know, that's kind of a, a compliment with an insult baked into it. The fact that a, you know, a week 16 game against the Eagles when you're still probably not going to win the division might be the best win of your career. But the context of Greg, he almost gave away the Texans game and then, to his credit, helped them pull out of the fire with the long drive. He did give away the Jags game. Now, the Prince that was promised maybe was going to win either way, but he threw a pick six to lose that football game. Uh, we don't need the trumpeters right now. They're just here every day. They're, always, they're just on standby in case we're going to talk uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and then this game, to start it with a pick six, to where three, two of his four most recent passes had been pick sixes to end the Jags game and in this game. And to respond the way he did, not only with the win, but the third and 30, that was a hell of a throw, man. That was a deep, perfect shot to T.Y. Hilton. He ran the ball more than he had run in recent games, at least it felt that way, (laughs) running in key spots, to where I absolutely feel like the Cowboys now know if we get the best of both sides of the ball, there's no one we can't beat. And to hang 40 on Philly, I don't care that Jalen wasn't there. Jalen doesn't play defense. To me, I have way more confidence in them this morning than I did when I woke up Christmas Eve. Yeah, I have more confidence in this team. Uh, What impressed me is Dak, his presser, his post-game interview, it was exactly how we saw him perform. He threw the pick, Mm -hmm. and he just got back on the field and said, okay, let let me get back to doing what I know I can do. He got up there and he said, let's talk about the interception. Guy like made that. a good – he literally – the way he presented himself, I, I, 
obviously they won, so you present yourself a little different. But that's exactly what we saw on the field. It does not surprise me that this offense has been having success. What also doesn't surprise me is that the defense has been struggling because they've been carrying the load all year. That's what gives me confidence in this team because you have to be able to play complementary football. When your defense is struggling, which they have been the last three games, giving up uh, arguably the most yards in the in passing yards and total Stop yards, sacks, all not getting to the quarterback, things that they've done well all season long. Your offense then says, you know what? Don't worry about it. We got you. That's what makes a team scary. And so to your point, when you say if they can find a way to bring those two together Correct. in the postseason at the right time, this is a very scary team. However, I wouldn't say it was the best win of his career because Jalen Hurts wasn't on the field. He didn't play a complete sure. Philadelphia Eagles team. That's fair. That's right. Um, since tax returns, points per game, 36, yards per game, 410. Yeah. Third down percentage, third best in the league, 56%. So are you willing, Nick, now to just say, you know what? I believe in Dak Prescott. I believe Dak Prescott can carry this team. Well, listen, I the, my bar for, like, do I believe I – it's tough. <laughs> They're right there. They score the most points. No, but my, End of story. my threshold for that is I have to be consistent across the board with quarterbacks, which is – I can the most I can believe in you. There is a ceiling on that until I see you do it in the postseason. So it's the similar caveat I have with the I've had with the Eagles all year. I'm not going to change the rules for mm-hmm. Dallas and Dak. While he's been in the playoffs a lot more times than Jalen, he hasn't been great in those games. So th- to me, there is whether you're Dak or Lamar or Herbert, who's never been, or Jalen, who's been and, and didn't play well as one time, until I see you have a great postseason game, there is a, there's almost a level of the house I, I don't give you access to. Like, as far as where I will put Mahomes, where I will put Burrow, I give him credit where I'll put Josh Allen. I've seen him have a great postseason game. But what I do know with Dak is, and this is to me what's the most critical, I am not worried about him mentally melting because of a mistake. Because if there was ever a time to do it, that would have been it. You know what I mean? You end the game with a pick six. You start the game with a pick six. You're down double digits immediately. You have another spot late in the game when you're trailing, and it's a third and 30, and he overcame those things. That, to me, makes them very, very dangerous. Okay, if these teams met up again, Greg, who would you take? Round one, went to the Eagles, no Dak. Round two, went to the Cowboys, no Jalen. Suppose both teams have both their quarterbacks. And it's in Philly. Because it's to be in Philly if it's in the playoffs. I give the edge to Philly so because I. it's in Philly. That that if both teams are healthy, you got all your all your players. I give the edge to Philly because it's in Philly and because they can do things both defensively and offensively that I don't know if Dallas can do. And when I say specifically offensively, like throw the ball and run the ball. Jalen Hurts just changes the when you when you just asked Nick about do you believe Dak can win the game? I believe Jalen Hurts can win the game for Philly. Oh yeah. I don't believe he can lose the game for Philly because Ooh. of his style of play. Hmm. Like he is going to hurt you one way or the other. Either you're going to try to take away the run, he can beat you with the throwing. If you take away the throwing, he can beat you with his legs. That's not Dak Prescott. See, I if they play again in the postseason. I'll pick Dallas. Really? Yeah, because Philly's not whole. Because Lane Johnson is now out. 
Lane Johnson, who has been the best player on this team since they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's been it's odd for the right tackle to be your best player, but he has been the best right tackle in the league. They say he's out for the rest of the regular season, and they're hopeful for the postseason. I, that makes me very skeptical that that's not just optimistic because he tore abdominal muscles, what's being reported. Avante Maddox went out in this game, and the moment that happened, C.D. Lamb started cooking him up in the slot the rest of the game. Now, they hope to get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson back, but he was, was a nickel corner who converted to safety. I guess they'll convert him back to nickel corner. The one place Philly has been able to get got is over the top, and now you're without one of your key members of the secondary. That concerns me. And this Jalen Hurts, his injury is to his throwing shoulder. He's now missed this week. We don't know when he's if he's going to play next week. If he doesn't play next week and they win, which they very well could, then week 18 is totally meaningless. Does he miss that? Then they have a bye. Is Jalen going to have to rush back to play next week and not be 100% or not play at all and be without out five weeks? I feel like Philly – and listen, Eagles fans hate me. I, I don't want them to, but they're probably going to hate me more. I, I think they're more likely to lose their first playoff game than to make the Super Bowl. And I think the Lane Johnson injury is a killer for them. Okay. Just a killer. For them. Uh, time now to check in on the show's favorite player for a contractually obligated segment we call Compliment Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Two touchdowns and one on the ground. Nick, did Patrick Mahomes lock up the MVP, even though you had him as the MVP in the preseason. Well, who'd you have in the MVP in the preseason? Oh, don't answer that. I remember Kyler Murray. Uh, <laughs> I, I, that's who you had, my friend. Uh, but in your defense, you also had him in the Super Bowl, so it well, makes sense. Uh, so here's the deal. Mahomes leads the league in yards and touchdowns and QBR, if you like that. that if, for, if you prefer traditional passer rating, he's second. He's second to a non-MVP candidate. He's second to Tua. And yesterday was another game where it's like, oh, Mahomes played a perfect game. He was the only guy in the Chiefs really do much on offense. Who cares? But here's my prediction. And I said this on the herd, and then Wilds confirmed it for me an hour ago and didn't know it. Greg, beginning of the year is Mahomes versus Allen. Remember? And then Allen's been bad for two months, but who's counting? Then it was Mahomes versus Tua briefly. Then it was Mahomes versus Hurts. You know what's coming to sports television near you? Why isn't Justin Jefferson the yeah. MVP if he gets 2,000 yards? Like the answer is obviously Mahomes. He's clearly the MVP, and we have taken him for granted, and we've gotten Mahomes fatigue even though he's only won it once, which is odd. But, yeah, Greg, he's the MVP, and I think he's your MVP, too. <laughs> don't do I that. I think he is. Don't I think he's your MVP. I just don't you think you don't want to say it. I know I did, but no. you don't have to do that. What? <laughs> what? I just come on over. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's not even about coming over. I'm, I'm being realistic. Like, Mahomes – he, he's an unbelievable player. Like this team, when you talk about most valuable player, you take him away and the Chiefs just – They're not a playoff team. They're, they're just – You don't they're, know that. I, don't, I wouldn't say they're not a playoff team because Andy Reid is a good enough coach to make it happen. Like we've seen him do it. But Patrick Mahomes, the element of extra that he brings, I don't even want to say it because a lot of players nowadays have it. He has it plus the extra. That is just what separates him. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you get that anywhere else. However, I want to say this really quick because yeah, you, you brought this to my attention when you were talking about things that guys haven't done and you don't want to set the bar until you've seen it done in the yeah. playoffs. If Patrick Mahomes has to play an actual role game in the playoffs, mm-hmm. 
Is he really going to be Patrick Mahomes? Well, I, you know, the road never traveled, I suppose, because Chiefs going to be the one seed. Bills are going to – Arrowhead Invitational Part 5. Wait, Bengals wait, are going to beat the Bills. But, but if he has to – We've never seen that. We've so never we seen it. Yeah, we don't good. know if he can do it. Okay, that's Nick true. doesn't know if he but can do it. But we don't know it because they've had either the one or the two seat every year. Nick. And they've never, he's never had the to. The facts, I'm in Bruce's seat. Uh-huh. The facts, facts over feelings. Okay. are the facts. Yes. It's Why? facts over feelings. So, um, uh, you still got Kyler or you got a new MVP? Who's your MVP? I think I'm going to take a new MVP. I feel like Kyler's fallen down the okay. MVP last Just I a little bit. Right. So who is well, it? Who's your MVP? I might go Justin Jefferson. I knew it. I'm just this feeling guy. a little Justin Jefferson. Yeah, 2,000 yards. Or no, I don't know. I like greatness. Okay. Uh, I'm a bad guy, I guess. <laughs> Love greatness. Love to see Justin Jefferson winning games. Patrick Mahomes. How many MVPs does he have? Seven or eight already? He's got one. Well, he should have more. <laughs> Next on First Things First. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So for Christmas, I got a weighted... Uh, Bills went into Chicago, ran all over the Bears. Josh uh, only had 15 completions, but also three touchdowns. Bills ran for 254 yards. I don't like the way you do journalism. Wait, journal? I was talking about my wife buying me a weighted. No, I'm just the way you try to skew the narrative away in towards some guys. Three, what did I say? Yeah, I don't know. Touchdowns. You didn't include the turnovers, the fact that once again he threw for less than 200 yards. But go well, ahead. That's I'm fine. not allowed to because you want more time to talk. Oh, okay. You're like 15 <laughs> seconds from you, three minutes for me. I'm like, okay. All right, what's the question? Sorry. That's part of your question for Greg. Seconds. All right, go ahead, Greg. Go ahead, Greg. Thank you. <laughs> Are the Bills looking like Super Bowl faves to you? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. They're coming up next. <laughs> Jones in the Patriots. Yeah, man. They've been Super Bowl favorites. Like, I get it. There's, there's people out there that think other teams are Super Bowl favorites and that have a chance. But this is a number one seed in the AFC. Ooh. Put some respect on their name. Ooh, okay. I like yeah. that. Period. I they've actually... beaten, they've beaten everyone that they've needed to beat. Uh-huh. in order to stay atop the AFC. That's true. Including the team that is right there underneath them. Back. The Chiefs. The Kansas yep, City that's Chiefs. That's true. I get in it. their backyard. Yes. And I understand some, some people may say, <laughs> well, they haven't beat them in the postseason. No, no, no. That's what I'm going to say. But the, the Buffalo Bills are one of the biggest threats. And I say one of the biggest threats because the Bengals are a real threat. Yep to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm not going to disrespect the Chiefs and say they're not uh, the favorites because they are the the champs. I'd like to give the Bills credit here. Even though they were trailing the woeful Bears at halftime, and even though it was only a one-score game with five minutes left in the game, they ended up blowing them out. And once again, the Bills won despite their quarterback play. And I would just say I'd be a little concerned if I were a Bills fan, among a number of things, my life choices that led me to be a Bills fan, first okay. of all, but second of all, about the fact that the whole idea behind the year, forget the Von Miller injury, which is devastating, and Mitch Morse, their center who's out, which is scary, 
The idea behind the year was we have QB1, and if we don't have QB1 in the whole league, we at least have a guy who's almost QB1 and clearly QB2 in the league. And instead, another game and another, huh? Not 200 yards, multiple interceptions, one in his own end, in his own end the other in the Bears' end zone, and it continues this trend, which I'm going to show this to America every week until it stops being true. What week did we just have? 16? This is since week 6. So we've had 10 weeks. He's the 26th ranked passer. He leads the league in turnovers. He is 30th in completion percentage. He's 21st in yards per pass. Now, his yards per game, not bad. And the touchdowns, Pretty you know, good. tied for the ninth best in the league. Yeah, Pretty a lot good. Of wins, too. That, no, correct. <laughs> and so I give them credit for finding a way to win these games. But anyone, Wilds, anyone that is acting like the Bills' optimism was not based primarily around that guy at quarterback, I think is being disingenuous. I'm not saying that's great. Of course. And he has not lived up to the billing. And it's been two and a half months now that he has been, statistically speaking, a below-average quarterback. And it seems like whenever I just point that out, I'm a hater as opposed to the only person that seems to watch these this team play every week. Well, I think he's a little bit hurt, and it's been <clears throat> totally under the radar. And why do they keep hurt. running him? I don't know. I don't think they I don't think they run him wisely, <laughs> but I think he's a little bit hurt. I'm totally terrified of him, and I am going to start becoming a Bills fan, not only for the benefit of a little bit of friction on this show, yeah. but also because I need the uh, Bills to rest once we beat the Dolphins, we being the Patriots, beat the Dolphins. We have zero chance, zero of going into Buffalo and beating a Josh Allen-led Bills team. I'm terrified. Maybe we have a little bit of a chance. Zero. I'm terrified. Stick of, with zero. Okay, there we go. Stick with zero. Uh, I'm terrified of Josh Allen, but if you rest Josh Allen... They're not going to be able to do that. You don't think so? No, because they're going to have to... I mean, they would have to... The Maybe only way they could something. rest... I guess the scenario is they beat the Bengals yep. and the Chiefs lose to the Broncos. That's what I'm hoping If that for. happens, then yeah, they, they'd have the one seed locked up. But that's yeah. not going to happen. Okay. Neither of those things are going to happen. The Chiefs are going to beat the Broncos. The Bengals are going to come through for me, beat the Bills, <laughs> and the Arrowhead Invitational is going to be back on, my friends. Or I would like it if you started rooting for the Patriots and let the Patriots beat the Bills. You got, you can't, I don't root for teams with dirty players. Oh! So I want you to move on from there. Oh! Football. <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah, I don't move the dirty players out. Yeah. Guys got, you know, what is this? Trying to tackle guys. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Battle time, Denver Phoenix, Aaron Gordon in overtime. Some people are saying this is one of the best dunks they've ever seen. They are wrong. It is not a very graceful dunk, and it's also an offensive foul. But Denver did win. Not enough to make the medal stand. Nick, who did it better? Oh, that's a terrible take. Great podcast read, terrible take. Bronze medal, Tatum, Sunday. You know, some people call themselves Celtics fans and uh, spent all summer whining about Jason Tatum not outperforming Steph Curry in the finals. Those people are sitting right there. 
Uh, Tatum on Sunday at 41-7-5 and a win over the Bucks. And Giannis, once again, though, no Chris Middleton for the Bucks, who they need him back. Yeah. Silver medal. Nikola Jokic. 41-15-15. Love them. And I, you, that would have gotten you a gold. 95% of medal stands so far this season. Sure. It was a great game, an overtime win, a performance befitting an MVP. Even mm. if he shouldn't be the two-time MVP. However, remember the medal stand is from all weekend, so we go back to Friday for our gold medalist, and it's my son. Oh, oh 50 burger for Luca over those frisky, pesky Houston Rockets. 58 and 10 as Luca does a little bit of everything on Friday. Takes the day off on Saturday, and then Sunday beats the King. So there's Luka Doncic atop the medal stand with 58 and 10. Rocket's going to be good once. No, once Friday. they get Wimbenyama. Or Harden. Yeah, both of them. Oh, oh that'd combo. be a nice combo. Oh, combo <laughs> oh, my goodness. We're back to America's team. That was actually an incomplete pass. No one wants to talk about that savvy move from the baby goat. Um, and here he falls down. He later said he was trying to make a play in response to Eli Apple, who said, you know what? You really shouldn't do that type of stuff. It's kind of a dirty play. He tripped me. I thought it was a dirty play. He's done that before. I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, wait. He hasn't, for the record, he hasn't done that exact thing before. He's done dirty adjacent yeah. things before, Nick. Uh, but do you have a, a problem with Mac Jones trying his hardest? Yeah, no, I think I, I think this is as dirty as it gets. Well, it's not as dirty there as is it gets. No, well, it might not be as dirty as his gator roll on Brian Burns that made him miss a game. It might not be quite as dirty as the time earlier, a few weeks ago, when he kicked the defending player in the groin while he was sliding. We had the penance for that. And then caught an interception. Okay. So that and out. God only knows what he did in the huddle. I'm sorry, in the scrum later in this game that caused three refs to throw flags like they had just seen a murder. Up to something. And then it was called unnecessary or unsportsmanlike conduct on ten. But Greg, the baffling thing to me is this. Certain guys, in fact, offensive defensive linemen, have the opportunity to be dirty every play. All year long, maybe 1,500 plays they could be dirty, and they don't do it once. Mac Jones has the opportunity to be dirty at most once a game, and he finds a way to do it more often than not. I think it's gross. Yeah, I'm with you, Nick. This is dirty. This is dirty. You cannot do this. When you are the most protected individual on the football field, and then you throw a turnover or you have a turnover and you choose to do this to a guy who's not even carrying the football, who not like, even in the play. He has no chance to make a play. And Mac Jones, he's going on. You said it. He's done it before. I know this is your guy. Oh he guy. needs to keep his head on the swivel because defensive guys are going to be after him. Right, can I show you a stat panel to end the game on something positive? Sure. I think this took away from Mac Jones's actual performance. Oh, he was on track. That's great. For uh, 412 yards. So ignore the, you know. What's happening ignore, on the ignore, left-hand side of that screen? Josh made the font small. I can barely oh, on read the, it. Oh, the first I saw that he had, had yeah. basically 412 yards. Yeah, that's great. He was on, he was slated for that. You take this pass. Greg, you think they're going to – we got 10 seconds. Do you think they're going to find him? The they should find him. I'll pay it myself. Yeah. All right, binding. Not really. <laughs> binding. <laughs> I'm not really. Oh, 